Today's episode of the Betches Sup Podcast is brought to you by Lisa. Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a happier, healthier you. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you want to spend time in. So personally, I actually have the Lisa Hybrid Sapira mattress. And guys, it's incredible. I've never slept better in my life. It's Lisa's most advanced luxury hybrid mattress, and it's made with premium foams and springs for enhanced pressure relief, which edge to edge support. And you know, I'm tense. I need pressure relief. I also, hey, maybe this is TMI. I sweat in my sleep. This keeps me from not sweating in my sleep, which is nice for everybody, especially my boyfriend. The Lisa hybrid is thoughtfully designed with the best of both worlds. So guys, if you want to get your very own Lisa mattress, don't miss out. Live Healthier, live happier by resting deeper. Order today and get 15% off your purchase for a limited time at lisa.com slash sup and use promo code sup. That's lisa.com slash sup, promo code sup. Hello and welcome to the Betcha Sup podcast. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And today I will be joined by one of the co-founders of Born Perfect, Matthew Shirka. So listen up. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Yeah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Matthew, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Of course. Thank you for having me. Um, I love being here. <laughs> yeah, we have a very um, pink office. Actually, Friendly's is here right now. I um, saw that. There's a bunch of ice cream out in the office. I don't know if I can eat ice cream right now, but... <laughs> I, you have a picture frame sign that says "Stop saying like." Mm-hmm. I support that at MC. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's an issue here at uh, Betches HQ. Um, so you're one of the co-founders of Born Perfect. What is Born Perfect for those who don't know? Yeah, so Born Perfect is a campaign with a mission to end conversion therapy and protect all LGBTQ people from conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I myself am a conversion therapy survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, we use that word just because of how impactful it is mm-hmm. uh, to describe victims of conversion therapy. Yeah. Just real quick. What is conversion therapy? So it's, it's really anyone, but mostly, so it's really anyone who believes or thinks they can attempt to change your sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. Mm-hmm. Basically gay to straight, as many people do know it, um, but it does impact everyone in, in the spectrum of of all the letters of LGBTQ. Yeah, and so yeah, it's um, myself as one of the co-founders. I went through conversion therapy, and what Born Perfect is is we are a group of survivors and legal experts that have joined together in drafting, introducing, and passing legislation nationwide. Um, we started in 2014, and it's now illegal in 16 states wow. for minors only. Um, and it's, I think we're at 50 municipalities now nationwide. Wow. We'll have another two states in the next month, which is Colorado and Maine. It just passed the legislature and their governors will sign those mm-hmm. bills as already promised. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like to count them until they're actually signed. Yeah. I want that signature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been such a journey. I can't tell you like how you know where i was when i left conversion therapy actually it was in 2009 so Mm -hmm. that's 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and what i thought of the world and how i was not out and i was felt alone like like many of us or all of us have felt at one point and to then be here 10 years later 
when you know we're we're almost passing a new law one every month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's incredible, uh, and it seems like we have a different narrative right now than what's happening in our country. Yeah. So I want to get to like what Born Perfect does and uh, <laughs> your roles there. I just said like that's why I laughed. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, but just more about like a little bit about your personal experience. You said you got out of conversion therapy in two thousand nine. Yeah. Um, how old were you when you went? 16. Yeah. So I grew up in the New York City area, mm-hmm. um, which uh, some people don't believe it happens in big urban cities, but mm-hmm. conversion therapy does happen everywhere. I came out to my dad, uh, you know, just looking for his acceptance. Mm-hmm. I think he was definitely the harder parent to come out to. And what's weird about conversion therapy is parents who put their kids into conversion therapy don't want to lose their kids. Yeah. So they're trying to save their kids, mm-hmm. so, quote unquote, save. Yeah, like in a godly sense. God, yes, totally. In my for my father, my father's just like super macho businessman was who was just like, listen, you're just not going to survive as a gay man in this world. Mm-hmm. And if there's really something psychological to it, then we should try to see if, if that works. Yeah, I mean, because like, I, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like a lot of parents who do send their children to conversion therapy don't think they're doing anything wrong they totally they're trying they're thinking they're trying to help them like save them like you said that's that's really true and it's so hard to reconcile when you're the person who's been through conversion therapy mm-hmm. and you're so angry and so resentful towards your parents and it's like oh really you really thought you were doing a good job and really trying to protect me but yeah yeah they are and it's something that i really hope a lot of conversion therapy survivors can reconcile if that's available yeah you know, every relationship's different. So when you go to conversion therapy, what are some of the practices that they apply? Like, what, like how do they un- make you not gay? <laughs> okay, g- good question. Um, just for the record, there's not a single mental health or medical organization in the country that supports conversion yes. therapy. It's not an actual practice that has any scientific backing whatsoever. Everyone should know. Mm-hmm. But there, So these conversion therapists do work together and have their own theory that they more or less follow, but they're sort of just making it up as it goes. Their belief is that everyone is born innately heterosexual and cisgender. Mm -hmm. And if you're anything of the LGBTQ spectrum, then you have experienced some kind of trauma as a kid. Okay. Even if you're like a drag queen, like you're basically just reacting to a trauma that happened as a kid, or even let's say a straight man that likes to cross dress. Yeah. To, To them, like you're just reacting to something. And their belief is if you can go to therapy, like you'd see a licensed professional, and resolve that trauma that happened to you as a kid, they say that your natural instinct for the opposite sex, a heterosexual or heteronormative relationship, will come by itself because that's who you are. Yeah. That sounds crazy and believable to a lot of parents. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's also just, I mean, it's probably hard for the parents too because a lot of the time I'm sure they're like, it's your mom's fault. Yeah. So, I mean, so in my situation, they were immediate to assess my situation. And I'm very lucky and very grateful. I had a really good upbringing. Mm-hmm. I would say my parents did a great job. Thank God. And, but they, so they we couldn't find, the, the therapist couldn't find what was like tra- traumatic about my life. And he said, well, look, you're the youngest son of three kids. You have two older sisters and you're really close to your mom. You're definitely suffering from a distant father. Mm-hmm. So we're going to correct that. And I had to spend time with only the men in my life in order to understand that men are my peers and to learn how to be a man and stay away from women. So I 
and not too effeminate. They basically wanted me to defeminize. Mm. So basically learning learning the roles of my gender. Yeah. And I'm basically like, don't be that high school kid with all the girlfriends. Yeah. But in reality, what that looked like was me not being allowed to talk to my mom and two sisters for three years. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So you were you in conversion therapy for three years? Five years total. The oh, first, fuck. those are just the first three. Jesus. Like. <laughs> yeah, shit. It, no, it's, it's, I'm really happy that I can look, I can look back and know that it's all over. Mm-hmm. And when I was in it, I really believed conversion therapy was going to work. Yeah. And so I, fo- I was like the best conversion therapy student there was. I followed every single instruction. I listened to my therapist. I, my dad supported it. My mom was kept in the dark. And as soon as she understood from my father that I wasn't allowed to talk to her, my mother could not fathom how any therapy out there that the solution to resolve my problem, mm-hmm. quote unquote problem, was separating a child from its mother. Yeah, I know that's a very good point. What was the breaking point? Like what? So, you- yeah, five years is a long time. Um, I picked up on. I started just picking up on all the patterns. I really wanted to meet another man who successfully became straight. Mm-hmm. I was like, if this is, you know, here's a, my therapist telling me it works, it works, it works. Then let's, I would love to meet someone. And they would, they would introduce me to me to these, these men who were married to women who had kids and were like, yeah, look, it's a heterosexual life. And I'm like, okay, so you have you don't think about men at all. Like it doesn't even cross your mind. And like, oh no, no, I do. <laughs> I just don't act on it. Uh. And basically I would have to stay in conversion therapy for the rest of my life or learn how to maintain my behaviors yeah. as a way to never be gay. And so the myth began to, the this theory that it would ever work began to crumble. And then actually I had to discover who I really am, which mm-hmm. was, I'm a gay man from mm-hmm. the beginning. And yeah, I left conversion therapy in 2009. I was lost, so lost. You can, you know, I mean, Maybe we can all imagine actually how lost I was Um, until I actually came out in 2012. And later in 2012, I began advocating. Um, Mm -hmm. And then in 2014, we created Born Perfect. Yeah. Wow. So how many how many Americans are subjected to this about every year or in total? Yeah. So we did this study. uh, We partnered up with UCLA's Williams Institute to do a study. And from their research, it's estimated that nearly 700,000 people in the U.S. have gone through conversion therapy. About half of that population were minors mm-hmm. under the age of 18 when they went into conversion therapy. And that number is staggering. If you want like a comparative, that's the entire city of Boston. Yeah, wow. We still think, based on the research and how they did that research, that's still like a low-ball number. Because you've got to remember, when we phrase the question differently, like, okay, you don't know what the word conversion therapy is, but has anyone ever tried to change your sexual orientation? That number is like 80% when you oh. ask a group of LGBT people. Yeah. And so we have to remember, and this is a basically the key messaging with Born Perfect. Yes, we're going to pass these laws, and we are making conversion therapy illegal state by state, but when does LGBTQ become the fabric of society? Because, mm-hmm. you know, a heterosexual person is never going to hear their parents say, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> that's not going to happen. And that's the world I want to see us live in when, like, that question doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, sorry, I just wanted to ask one more question about the actual, like, process of conversion therapy. Is is it something where you, it's, 
like sort of outpatient like you go back and forth or is there a certain like inpatient sort of treatments is there both it's both it's like all of the above mm-hmm. so i <laughs> i experience all all of it <laughs> so i experienced your normal like you know come into one-on-one outpatient therapy where you sit down for an hour across from a therapist and that was what most of it was um, I did go to one camp. The name mm-hmm. of the camp was Journey into Manhood. Oh, it was that sounds a, fun. <laughs> I mean, it is like eighty gay men in a camp. I, you know, all this sounds like gay porn. It, it the, is. The it is. It's a good. It's a good plot and storyline. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Lisa. Lisa is my absolute favorite mattress company. They know how important rest is to living a better life. And it really is. It really just changes all of your mm-hmm. moods. So Lisa is the foundation for a healthier, happier you. All Lisa products, whether it's mattresses, pillows, mattress covers, have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed and transform your bedroom into a sanctuary that you actually want to spend time in. Yeah, I got the Lisa hybrid mattress and I love it. It's like my back feels really good. My boyfriend and I can like sleep in like comfort in terms of like he sweats a lot. <laughs> and so like, I, I feel like I'm not like it. it's very airy. So that's really cool. It is very airy. Um, Lisa believes that all people should have access to deep rest and relaxation. Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. To date, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Wow. And they're made in the USA. That's great. So don't miss out. Live healthier. Live happier. By resting deeper, order today and get 15% off your purchase for a limited time at lisa.com slash sup and use promo code sup. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash sup. Promo code sup. I've always wanted to be a cheerleader. I feel like I just was. And keep in mind that you also get a 100 night risk-free trial plus free shipping and returns. Have you seen the movie, But I'm a Cheerleader? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, so I consulted on, on Boy Erased, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I was on set with all the actors. Nicole and, Kidman? Yeah, she's amazing. Just to name drop one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a very star-studded film. Uh-huh. And if you're into the indie scene and you saw the miseducation of Cameron Post. I saw that. Chloe, I saw both of those. Yeah. Okay, so Chloe Moretz was in it, and she did a fabulous job, um, and it was at Sundance, and I'm mm-hmm. really proud of both films. But when I, when I was just like learning about the advocacy of, of conversion therapy, which I dove right into, I didn't see, but I'm a cheerleader mm-hmm. until after I became an advocate. Uh-huh. And I don't think I ever laughed and cried so hard yeah. at something that was so real and hysterical. Yeah. My question, so, uh, <laughs> sorry, a question about that movie. Is the shock thing real? Okay, yeah, let's talk about the shock thing. Okay, so just some uh, background. Yeah. In the movie, one of the they give you like when you're masturbating, they give you like a pr- like a like a cattle prod basically <laughs> for yes. like a human. And so when she was she would be like masturbating, and every time she thought about a woman, she would like shock herself. Yeah, yeah. Is that okay. a real so thing? That's a, it's a funny scene. Yeah, it's not funny. <laughs> no. Um. So yeah, historically, electric shock therapy. First of all, electric shock therapy sounds. I don't want to say sounds worse than it is, mm-hmm. but it's not like a needle. It's not like the electric chair because the people no. have a pretty crazy visual, but the way people receive electric shock therapies, they're usually different pads that are tied onto your arms and it gives you shocks mm-hmm. and it's usually used for depression. That's how it's legally done. And historically, yes, electric shock therapy was a used, was a used technique that people, that licensed professionals, doctors or therapists thought could actually c- maybe cure homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that still happens very rarely today. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I met maybe two people in their 30s who experienced it like 10 years ago, but it's really, really rare in today's world. It's mostly through conversation or the way treatment is done in therapy. I don't know if it's better or worse because, you know, I wasn't allowed to talk to my, my mom and sisters for three yeah. years. And that's that was that's through language and mm-hmm. direction. And it, that's the conduct of a therapist. But yeah, electric shock therapy is used today for depression. If any therapist tells you, I'm going to use this to cure your homosexuality, it doesn't work and they're lying. Yeah. So what are some of the like long, longer impacts, long-term impacts of people who've gone to conversion therapy? And because we know, you know, LGBTQ youth have like the highest rates of suicide. Um, Is there any correlation between these two things? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, we don't like to say, yeah, if you are trying to figure out the best way to say that suicide is so sensitive. And so we don't want to like, we're really careful about our messaging around suicide, Mm -hmm. but yes, conversion experiencing conversion therapy puts you at a higher risk of suicide. Maybe the highest out of anything we're seeing in the LGBTQ community. And the way to measure that is the form of rejection. Mm -hmm. Like you're actually being rejected. You're being told to reject your identity completely. Um, You know, yeah, we experience that from society if you never experienced conversion therapy. But when it's instructed to you, we're seeing that the impact is devastating. So you're nine times more likely to commit suicide if you've gone through conversion therapy than if you were like a straight person. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. That's sad. Yeah. Um, So you're saying that it's currently illegal in 16 states. You're working on two more states. Um, What are some of the, like, what's the penalty for someone if they... So Born Perfect as a legal group, we are not dictating policymakers or those legislators what the punishments should should be. Mm -hmm. We want them to use existing law. Okay, so... And that, so that varies from state to state. They can lose their license. They can be, pay up to fines. Um, if they depends what they actually did in the therapy that would then determine what the punishment is. Like, did they physically do something to them? Yeah. The punishment's going to be higher. Um, but really, like, on a very basic level, they would lose their license. Um, and they're eligible to sue. Yeah. Which gives the power to the client. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, as an organization, don't want to dictate what punishment should be. We do want to make conversion therapy illegal and we want to educate the world. You know, we live in a world where there's marriage equality Mm -hmm. and you can still legally bring your child to conversion therapy. Yeah. And so how do, yeah, how do we educate the nation and the world what it means to be LGBTQ where that's like not even a question anymore. Yeah. So what are some of the difficulties when you're working with these policymakers to outlaw conversion therapy? Um, so we do everything we can to make sure it's nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. And we've, I actually have to say that's probably been our, our biggest strength. So out of the 16 states, um, nine of those governors were Democrats and mm-hmm. seven of them were Republican. That's like almost 50-50. Yeah. And so that's great. So the, a lot of them will be worried about what their constituents think. If they're like, if you're a more conservative legislator and you're constitu- and they're worried and they're just like literally counting their own votes, mm-hmm. and they don't want to lose their next election, it could be that, or they themselves may not understand what it means to be gay. So like on an easy day, it's when I sit down with a conservative legislator who's never actually just met a gay person, one on one, yeah, and and they change their mind and see that like, oh, this is like a normal interaction. I mean, that sounds really ignorant, mm-hmm. but sometimes it is that simple. Yeah. 
on a more extreme level is that they actually believe it can change and see why not. Why can't that be an option? And then you ask when you have to like bring in the facts and actually have a conversation. This is what it does. This is what the medical associations think. This is what I actually went through. This is what happened to my life and actually have that those conversations. You just need to know that that legislator is willing to sit down and have those conversations. Yeah. So you were saying that you've been able to move pretty quickly to pass some bills and laws. Yeah. So our first law that passed was in 2012 in California, and it's only been seven years. And a total, if you add up all the cities and states, it's like over 80 pieces of legislation have passed since Mm -hmm. 2012. We've, we've become the fastest moving LGBT cause and it's, and, and yes, that's great. And we're really successful, but we're actually now the most vulnerable we've ever been in because every, every law that we pass this, that state will then get sued by a conversion therapist. Uh, okay. We have like six ongoing lawsuits mm-hmm. and born perfect legal team will de- help defend those states. And we've been successful at that as well, but knowing who's in the Supreme court now these conversion therapists who are suing are hoping that one of these cases will end up at the Supreme Court where they think they can really try and reverse all of our work. So, you know, I want people to know, like, yeah, we should be proud and we are being successful. But remember, this is we're at a really vulnerable place right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's the it's really hard to tell because there's so much happening with the courts right now, you know, in in terms of abortion and state by state and. But it's interesting to know that, you know, that there is progress being made and that's great. And it's, I mean, I know you look at like Mayor Pete. Yeah. It's crazy to see a gay man running for president and being taken so seriously, even though he can be, if he could be fired from his job in half the country. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. Um, Yeah. You know, I I just, we want, I, I don't want. I don't want, you know, because I'm so close to this issue. It's personal to me. And I ha- we, we have a whole team working on this. I don't want anyone to ever. The partisanship is such a big deal. Yeah. Like conversion therapy is not a political issue. You know, mm-hmm. Republicans have gay children, too. Yeah. <laughs> and so when it gets when that issue becomes relatable to everyone in the country and how it impacts their daily lives, they're more interested in supporting it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the Equality Act is go is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And. One of and yes, it may pass the House because it's mostly Democrats who are going to vote for it, or at least so far, not a single Republican has supported it. Mm-hmm. That's really worrisome that we're gonna that we're gonna attempt to even pass the Equality Act without any Republican support so far. Yeah, and yes, it definitely won't go forward past the Senate. But so with this cause, I'm making sure every step of the way, like we gotta have Republican support. We gotta we gotta educate the other side. Yeah. I mean, I think that's been one of our key points of success. Mm-hmm. Do you think that religion plays a big factor into conversion therapy? Is or Because you were saying that your father wasn't necessarily very religious. Yeah, so religion plays a huge factor, totally. Um, you know, people are attached to the idea of what their religion states about the roles of males and females and marriage and having children and what a family structure is supposed to look like. And... So sometimes it's it's just that family structure. Sometimes it's sin mm-hmm. and going to hell, yeah. depending on what that family believes. And sometimes, unlike my case, it's just, you know, life's hard and being gay or LGBTQ is harder. So mm-hmm. if you don't have to be it, then why? Yeah. You know, but yes, religion is a huge factor in our country. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's, I always think about how like, you know, when you're younger from a personal experience, you just really wish you weren't gay for a long time. Or like, I mean, I don't know about everyone, but I feel like a lot of people and just getting to a place where you don't feel like that anymore is a huge deal. And so it's really amazing that what you guys are doing, because I know that's a big issue for a lot of people, you know? Yeah. It's almost, you can, I think, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, because I feel like a lot of our listeners are like, a good amount of them are like straight or cis. And so they're trying to put themselves in the headspace, but just like trying to think about how you wish you could change this thing about yourself. Yeah. And then getting to the point where you don't feel that way is a big deal. So my mom, this is gender woman. She is, uh-huh. <laughs> she's advocated at me. And she has a, like a thick Long Island accent. Mm-hmm. And every time she speaks, she always says, imagine waking up every day and not being yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I don't have to think about my sexuality. I know I like men, but my son, he had to change. He had to try something else. Yeah. Every day. And, and she's, and I have so appreciate, you know, shout out to mom. I so appreciate her um, that she was able to understand like, yeah, I did. And just like many other LGBT people who, really didn't want to be gay and they're coming out process like you woke up every morning realizing oh my god i cannot be this yeah and that's something that heterosexual people don't experience yeah um so matthew where can our listeners find out more about conversion therapy about born perfect about you yeah uh go to bornperfect.org and we're at born perfect on instagram and i'm matthew shirka uh i'm a one t matthew (laughs) but matthew shirka on twitter instagram facebook it's all the same um yeah sign up to our email list be a part of the conversation um yes we are passing laws but we see born perfect as a movement to really change hearts and minds yeah well thank you so much for coming um I think this is coming on the first day of Pride, so happy Pride. Oh, happy Pride and happy Stonewall 50. Are we saying that? Yeah, 50. I think (laughs) so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Until the end of Democracy, I'm Brian Russell Smith. This is the Betches Up Podcast. Betches.